Welcome to the Sports Memory Podcast. All in all, it is a pretty uneventful week in sports. The Stanley Cup just ended. Uh, the NBA Finals is still going on, but uh, uh, did anything happen of note? Uh, any, any, anything worth talking about? We're kind of going over our outline. Um, England rioted. England, uh, England lost in epic fashion in Wembley. I mean, that was hilarious and a little scary to watch. Um, I don't know shit about soccer, and I lost a shit ton of money. So uh, there's me betting on things I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, the Conor McGregor fight where he friggin' wrecked his ankle, which was, oh, my God. Like, the, the fights were pretty good, I thought, Saturday. Wait, so what do you I think mean, happened? But, a lot of people think it was already fractured, and he had a, he had a kick to, to um, uh, Poirier's uh, elbow right before his, his leg snapped, and he kind of put his leg back gingerly, and then he stepped into it, and then it snapped. Um, yeah. So a lot of people think it was already fractured at that point, and then he kind of stepped back into it, and then it snapped. Um, I just, Did any... Did any guys see it live? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it live. I, I, it was- oh, God. I didn't see it live, but that's the worst one I've seen since the Kevin Ware injury. Like, the Kevin Ware one, I think, is the worst I've ever seen. Um, but that worst one was... injury? Yeah. Or the worst UFC injury? I mean, just, like, seeing it. Like, I didn't, I mean, I you saw Dak's ankle hanging there, which kind of appropriate since we're talking NFC East today, but that isn't, that, you didn't really know what you saw live, right? Like Alex Smith, it looked bad, but I mean, you didn't see it. Um, Paul George, Kevin Ware, and this McGregor are, are probably the three injuries that Willis I think my, Willis McGahee, anyone? My favorite part about the whole McGregor thing is uh, he's sitting on the ground and Joe Rogan, you know, polarizing figure as he is, he, he's going to get his fucking interview. Doesn't matter if the guy's ankle is snapped in half. Doesn't matter if a dude's crying. Someone brought up, like, find somebody that loves you, loves getting interviews at their worst moment, like Joe Rogan. And he's down there, he's talking to McGregor. And McGregor is, you know, casually second loss in a row to this guy. Um, Poirier you know, takes the high road, uh, thanks, you know, blah, blah, says he's going to donate money to charity and all this shit. Meanwhile, Conor McGregor is sitting on the mat talking about how he's essentially going to murder Poirier <laughs> and his wife. Uh, this is a crazy low, and, you know, they say it with McGregor. When McGregor wins, he's like this classy, um, humble dude. But when he loses, it's fucking gross and nasty and he just kind of it, I think we're about to see like this terrible slide for McGregor because when he's up he's up but when he's down it's it's bad I, I thought he was done coming into this fight I didn't think he had a chance of winning um, he went out there and I mean even before the ankle injury happens he was getting dominated in that fight like uh, Poirier was definitely going to win that regardless and I mean it, it, felt, it felt like he was speaking like Yiddish though it wasn't even like like that interview, it's, I couldn't understand a word that he was saying that's, for the most part. That's Ireland, man. If if, if you're in Ireland, um, you know, in Dublin, it's a little bit more Americanized. But you got to go out to the boonies, go to like Sligo, um, go, go go to like one of these more uh, remote towns. You'll hear people talking in bars, and you can't hear a word they're saying. It's and they might as well speaking a, a a completely different language. It's insane, but yeah. So McGregor's done. Uh, Stephen A. Smith with the classy comments about uh, Otani. Uh, this is, you know, th- these guys, when, when they're trying to make these hot takes, 
they're just ripping him left and right. And this was a really fucking bad one. He basically said um, that Otani can't be the face of the MLB because he has to speak with an interpreter. Um, not a good look for the most diverse international game, you know, probably besides the NHL. Um, there are a lot of players that speak with interpreters in the MLB, and Otani just happens to be one of the most exciting players in decades. Uh, what do you guys yeah. think about that situation? I mean, it's just wrong. His comments are wrong, and the fact that he is such a like an exciting player is proof of it. Like, we don't care that he has to speak with an interpreter. We like watching him hit dongs and throw a hundred. Like, it it's just wrong. The fact that he is it the same. The fact that he had to yeah. walk it back and apologize. We, we, we found our snippet. We, we found the snippet we're using for this podcast. Dude likes to hit dongs. <laughs> Um, but Stephen A had to fucking apologize three times. So first he does like Twitter apology. Then he comes out. He actually does a written apology. And then he apologizes the next day on first date. Like, dude, like you can't figure out how to do one apology and just get it right. The first time it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, Well, we'll see what ESPN does. ESPN, you know, always makes these claims and yet they're no substance on any of their punishments. So, I mean, I don't expect ESPN to come out and, um, you know, do the right thing. I have about as much confidence in ESPN than I have in major league baseball. So ESPN has a problem with kind of outing their, their best personalities and they've done it in recent years and they're kind of losing out. Like they, they lost Colin Cowherd, um, he made some very questionable remarks, but I think they were a little quick to take him out because he really didn't have a previous history of that. So, yeah, with Stephen A. Smith, I mean, once they lose him, who do they really have? Max Kellerman? like Greeny? Yeah, I mean, they, they so they, they get rid of... Um, uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Bill Simmons? They, no, the guy who... His, one of his last things was, was fuck you in, Aaron Rodgers. Um, oh, uh Trey Winga or not no. Trey? I'm sorry, uh, Kenny Main. Yeah, Ken, they get rid of Kenny Main, and uh, they they're losing so many personalities. So what do you even do here? He's apologized. Uh, you got to keep Stephen A. Right? I yeah. I mean, it's it's they're in a tough spot for sure. And and I love that one of his apologies. He fell into the, you know, I know what it's like being uh, oppressed. I'm, I'm an African-American. And then one of the players from Nigeria was like, hey, you just got done shitting on the U.S. team for losing to us. And, like, you're forgetting where you come from with the motherland. So you can leave that African-American shit to somewhere else. Like, you can't wow. talk shit about us and then use that in your apology to Otani. Like, you're wrong on both fronts here. Woo. So he's, he's catching it from everywhere. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's intense. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do. Uh, what, what they do there, I don't. A lot of these players don't like. Otani speaks English; he speaks English well. Um, but when they're working and talking to the media, they want to make sure they get you know their word perfect. So if they can have somebody else who's paid to translate for them and make you know you, you go from missing one or two words in, in, in a question to missing zero, and it only costs the organization you know hundred thousand dollars to do that. That's that's what these players choose to do. Uh, Ichiro had a a interpreter his entire time, but he was a, he spoke English fluently, spoke Spanish fluently. Um, it's just what a lot of these players do. I mean, you see, even even Vlad Jr. last night when he wins the award, goes out there with an interpreter. Uh, he's born in Canada. He's he's been around baseball in Canada and the U.S. his entire life. Like he speaks English fine. Yeah. 
Do you guys watch any programming? Like I watch the only time I watch ESPN is for sporting events and pardon the interruption because I like Wilbon and uh, I, I like both of them, uh, Kornheiser and Wilbon. Um, do you guys watch any ESPN programming? Yeah, ESPN's yeah. moved over into like the, the type of TV that I only see in like YouTube and Facebook clips. So I'll watch some get up in the morning. Um, and then I, I like to watch SVP uh, for the, the late night sports center and stuff, but that's about it. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're just not interested any, anymore. They, they, they've, they've gotten rid of all the things that used to make them good uh, with, with, exactly. these, with these personalities. Like they, they went on this firing spree uh, to me, they got rid of all their their best podcast supporters, and and right now, all they really have is is Stephen A., uh, Scott Van Pelt, and that's pretty much it. So yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they lost Gruden. You know, he's he's been doing even worse things in the NFL level. So they'll probably get him back in a couple of years, though. <laughs> he, he's got a short shelf life in Vegas. Um, but yeah, I mean, besides the the comments that came out about Shohei on Otani, I thought he put up a pretty good performance in the All Star game. Gets the win, pitches the first inning, uh, and then you know dropped some bombs. The, the little matchup between him and Juan Soto, I thought that was pretty fun going into overtime for the home run derby. Yeah, I mean, the, the baseball's in a good spot if they can get out of their own way. I mean, they have a lot of young personalities, a lot of really fun personalities, um, but they continue to get in their own way. And I don't think uh, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world are helping it any. You know, Jeff Passan gets on on the next morning and just berates him, like, to his face on the same panel where, like, this just isn't it. Yeah, I love Jeff. Jeff Jeff is not only entertaining, but he is, he's such a smart guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I would like to see him and Stephen A. actually go back and forth because I don't actually think Stephen A. is good at his job. I think he's just entertaining, right? Like, as someone who who That's owns what he's a there bit, for. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's, yeah, he's just like a like a hot take bit guy. Like that's yeah. all that's all Steven is to me. So Jeff Jeff Basson, uh, the the uh, um, the Dan Levitard show they used to do the looks like uh, thing, and and one of my favorite <laughs> ones was Jeff Jeff Basson looks like a French maitre d. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his name is Jeff Passon, so like you know, it, it kind of I think it, it might even be French, so that wouldn't be that far off. I don't think. And he's only like five nine, five ten. So, oh, way to take the way to take the wind out of that one, Newman. Uh, <laughs> I, knew, I knew as soon as I said Passan, I knew it was passing. I was just waiting for. I knew Newman. Passan. There's no way he was going to let that go. Jeff Passan. Figure out a way to work that back in. It was a fun combo until <laughs> you got your. your, your well, how many different ways can we say his name? <clears throat> Apparently one. <laughs> All right, so no, I think we've done three or four so far. So there's some big things going on in the NBA right now, and of course, I'm talking about Space Jam Two, um, the, probably the biggest event this week uh, in the NBA. I guarantee you, more people will be watching that than anything else that might be going on in the NBA right now. I don't know if there's any uh, big series going on or anything like that, but early reviews are in and it does not look promising for space jam Two. people are tearing this thing to shreds. Everyone knew it was going to be bad. Um, I'm still going to watch the shit out of it. Uh, because let's face it. The first space jam, pretty fucking horrible. I mean, it really is just, just, just watch it over again and try not try to calm down your nostalgia boner. I know it's tough, especially with movies from the nineties, but I remember even as a kid, I was kind of like, eh, it's okay. 
and I, I've liked it more and more over the years. But Bill they Murray have identical uh, Rotten Tomato scores. Do they really? Uh, the, the first Space Jam's at forty four percent. The new ones at forty three percent. So at least they're consistent. You know, it's well, a the, consistent product. The sec- it's only Wednesday, so the second one still has time to slide. <laughs> I just I can't imagine be like, hey, we're gonna do the second Space Jam movie, but not tied into the first one at all. And it's gonna be some separate thing. And for some reason, Don Cheadle wants to play basketball. Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> just Don Cheadle, man. Oh God, that guy. The guy. Nobody is in a wider array of movies than Don Cheadle. Like yeah. for every Hotel Rwanda, there's there's gonna be a Space, Space Jam, Jam in his in his uh, repertoire. But well, what's uh, Don Cheadle's best movie? It's either Hotel Rwanda or Crash. Yeah, I'd say Crash. Yeah. And then he went, then he did like the worst Cogni accent in the history of the world in the Oceans movie. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty bad in those movies, but um, he actually is, by the way, really, really good in a movie. If you haven't seen it, I believe it's on Netflix. It might, I know it's on HBO. It's a Steven Sodenberg uh, movie called um, uh, No Sudden Move. Yes. Yeah. I mean, me, I watched it with you, Newman. Uh, good movie. Fuck, actually, really, really fucking good movie. Insane cast. Um, but that's kind of getting off topic a little bit. So back to sports. Uh, Space Jam 2 is going to be awful. I think we all knew that was going to happen. Um, where do you guys see this uh, Phoenix series headed? Who's going to win this thing? <clears throat> uh, I, th- I think it goes to seven, which I didn't originally think it was going to. Um, I think Giannis heard his critics, um, and he's putting out absolutely Herculean efforts here. Um, you know, for a guy who can't shoot, um, he's finding ways to score and it's, it's impressive. I, th- I don't think a team loses at home. I think this goes to seven and goes to Phoenix. Yeah. Well, I mean, so what's going on with these like three day breaks in between games and, and they've always uh, done that for the finals. They, 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 they drag this thing out forever. So, so that, so that helps actually, the Bucks, right? No, no. Well, it, I mean, so actually they pushed up, up, they pushed up the start of the series that actually hurt the Bucks a little bit. Um, because Giannis would have had an extra day or two. Maybe game one, he looks, you know, like he has the past couple. And this, this you know, this could be a 2-1 in favor of the Bucks series because I think they've won the last six quarters anyway. Um, but <clears throat> I think uh, I think this the, the extra rest definitely will help Giannis uh, with that knee. But it also will help Chris Paul a little bit because I think he's been kind of stressed in regards to this game. They're pressuring him up and down the floor. So he needs a little bit of a break, and they, they got to figure something out. Um, and I think that he's probably the best the best coach uh, out there on the the court is Chris Paul, uh, you know, including the two actual coaches. Um, so they'll figure something out in order in order to get them back in this game. I think eventually, I think I think you are right, Brandon. Though I think it does go seven, and uh, I, I do see Phoenix winning. Dude, how fun does a game at Phoenix look? Have you guys actually seen like the crowd? It looks like everyone is just fucked up out of their minds and just everyone is raging balls it looks drew when you lived in phoenix did you go to a son's game is this new unfortunately i didn't go to a son's game i was supposed to and at the last minute i couldn't go um yeah dude it looks lit i we post we we post that one video in the group chat of the one white dude he's going (laughs) (laughs) and my favorite comment on that was uh it was at that moment that john realized that steven accounting has a coke problem (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he's literally like licking his lips like <laughs> it was fucking good um but uh yeah no phoenix is a fun place they love their sports man they love their sports big time like it's 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 really interesting but i do gotta say man 
Uh, they have an Atlanta-like feel with their heartache. You know, besides baseball, their football team has been there many times. The basketball team was dominant in the 90s. And they're a city that just cannot get it done in any sport besides baseball. So One if, year in if, baseball. If, just if, one year. If Phoenix should let this slip through their grasp, like that is going to be devastating for that city. And we can start counting them, you know, up 2-0. If, man, if they lose this, there's going to be some Atlanta jokes coming out for show. I mean, oh, Chris I, Paul. Chris Paul's legacy is on the line. It like, is. You lose really the series, uh, and you know he's never going to hear the end of it. So I think that he probably steps up and, and takes care of business. But who knows? We'll see. Yeah, not with Giannis playing like he did last game. That's for sure. So, so uh, what? What Phoenix games did you go to, Drew? Uh, like baseball games. I, I, I went to. I went to see the uh, Diamondbacks, and I went to see Cardinals. Both fucking ridiculous games or uh, stadiums. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. The Cardinals games look awesome too. Yep. Um, you know when they're when they're good. That yeah, I, there was I kind of didn't remember that until this series, and definitely Sun game has made it on my bucket list. A little low still on my bucket list, but regardless, on there. Right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting series, but let's get to what we really want to talk about here, which is the NFL. We are officially let's call it fifty-seven days out. From the NFL season. Uh, you know, let's give it 56 from when this airs. Um, but so we are continuing our NFL uh, divisional previews. And we got a really good one tonight. Uh, it's always good conversation. Uh, the NFC East, the most storied franchise in the NFL. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it sucks to say, but it's undeniable. They have the most Super Bowls of any division. Um, but... What an embattled division this is. Do you guys know the last time that there's been back-to-back divisional winners in the NFC East? I'm going to beat Newman, 2004. Yes. And who was it? I only... It was the Eagles. Yes, it was. How crazy is that? Suck on that, Newman. Suck on that one, Newman. And the, the, the team that has really been down for the longest has been the Redskins. But, of course, they win the division last year with with the seven-win se- season. I mean, this this division just really has it all in terms of, of, of comedy. And, and everyone loves to hate every single one of these teams. Like, there isn't a likable team in the bunch. But I, I, I'm looking at these Vegas rankings and taking the Cowboys again. What do you guys think about this? Um, and well, let's just go ahead and start it off. Let's start with the Cowboys. What are you guys' thoughts so, on the Cowboys this year? So, so I think that the reason Vegas is always high on the Cowboys is just that people overrate them every single year. Uh, ESPN spends every friggin' Monday morning talking about them, uh, if not every day of the week during football season. So I think that Vegas pumps that number up just because the voters are always going to do the same. Um, but I have them coming in well under that nine and a half number that I have Vegas. Uh, that I when I looked it up, uh, Vegas had them at nine and a half wins for their over under. You said well under, well under. Interesting. I love it. Why is that? Um, I mean, for one, I think their defense is just. I still think their defense is awful. Uh, they lose some of the interior of their defensive line that it was you know. Uh, what they did have in there, um, so you know they've got some pass rushers. That's great, but if you don't if you don't have to uh, throw the ball on them, then there's no reason to. Um, but they also don't have a great secondary. It's a really young secondary. Uh, Dan Quinn is supposed to be their replacement, and let's be honest, 
Dan Quinn is not exactly like the author of a bunch of like top five defenses or anything like that ever in the history of his career. So I don't know why we expect him to just all of a sudden be a huge upgrade over Mike Nolan um, in that respect. Uh, their offense should still be good. They're going to score a lot of points, um, which is great for fantasy. But uh, I don't think that their defense is going to be able to stop a nosebleed. All right, well, uh, you guys saw me drinking a Diet Coke for the majority of this cast. I'm going to have to get something a little bit stronger if we're talking about the Cowboys and the NFC East. Psych, motherfuckers, I'm drinking. Uh, <laughs> so Dallas at 9.5, you see them way under that figure. That's that's pretty interesting. And also, that's not really how Vegas works, by the way. Vegas isn't just throwing out win totals based on like what's popular. It's not really how... Well, Vegas does they rocks. try to make it so that they have equal amounts of gambling on both sides of the number so that they well, get, they win either way. Gambling affects. Oh, so they're, they're trying to be accurate. <laughs> I mean, ga- gambling will affect the spread. Like, like if, if a bunch of people are betting the over on Dallas, it'll eventually raise, but they're not. Right, but they're, they're trying to make sure that there's betting on both sides of the number. They're trying to win money. So they're right. trying, they're trying to be as accurate as possible. Yes. So it really, really has nothing to do with, with how popular it is or anything like that. But anyways. Uh, There's so, no way they get to nine and a half so, wins. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's impossible to get to nine and a half. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> conceivably, they could get to 10. And Gross. Not happening. I'm Not sorry. Happening. I, I think they are going to get to 10. Um, and fuck, I died on the hill last year. I'll die again. Um, I think this is the most talented team in the division. And, you know, the really the only team that can compete with them is the Redskins. Show me a team that, that wins back-to-back divisions while switching quarterbacks. I know there's a lot to like about the Redskins, and we'll talk about them in a second, but there is a lot to like about Dallas. Um, I, I'm going to take the over on Dallas at 9.5. So yeah, Warren, Warren Sharp does have them as having the sixth easiest schedule in the NFL. Uh, how much of that is a product of the fact that they are in that really bad division? So, But, yeah. So who moves the needle for these guys on defense, Drew? Because I agree with you. They, they, they by far have the best team offensively, um, but this isn't seven on seven. They, they add Micah Parsons, who I think we all like. I yeah, like mm-hmm. Micah Parsons. I think he's going to be good. Um, but I mean, but he's, a rookie. he's exactly, a rookie. Exactly. Exactly. Is, Ke- is Kelvin Joseph really going to make, you know, some noise there? Um, I don't think they did enough on defense. They're still one of the worst defensive teams in the league, and that's why I have them right at 500. I think they go eight or nine or nine and eight. Um, I think it's a re- nine and a half is a really good number, actually. Um, and I think I think they w- they're going to be a fun team to watch because they're going to play a lot of games in the upper 20s and lower 30s. Um, so they're going to they're going to carry TV ratings as they always do. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I think I think they're probably second. Uh, or maybe third in this very balanced division. So my, the, here, here's what I think. You're, you're right. The, the Cowboys' defense was atrocious last year. Um, they also had a really, really bad offensive line and couldn't stay on the field on offense with Andy Dalton. Um, but even when Dak was in there, they looked so bad. But this is a super young team. They have absolutely smashed the draft the last two years. I mean, just absolutely crushed it. Um, the 2020 draft, you know, they, they, they go out and get CeeDee Lamb, who, by the way, I do not. I, I can't say enough about this guy. I think Ceedee Lamb is a, is a is going to be a borderline top five wide receiver this year. I think he is absolute stud in the making. Um, he he 
he's going to be an absolute stud. We'll talk about fantasy in a little bit. But then, right after the CeeDee Lamb pick, they go defense for the next three picks. And then in this last draft, they pretty much go all defense. So I think Micah Parsons is is a shoe-in, um, you know, a guy that, that's going to be a defensive player, a rookie of the year. Um, so... I, I, I love what they've done the last two years to address the defense. I have to think that some of these talents pan out, and I think Micah Parsons is a year one contributor. So I still think they're going to struggle on defense, but I think that offense is so incredibly talented. And I'm going to bet on the quarterback. And Dak Prescott is by far the best quarterback in this division. So I, I just, you know, I, I think that they're going to struggle a lot on defense still, but they're you- going to be opportunistic. Drew, do you think it takes a couple weeks for Dak to get back to playing football? I mean, he he didn't play barely any football. When you take that long of a layoff, it takes you about a quarter of the season, maybe, to get going. Um, can when when you're this mediocre, um, mediocre, can uh, can you afford you know start playing good football in week four or five? Mediocre, mediocre. I would mean I will take you to Valhalla. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean I think he can be mediocre with that wide receiving core and still be great. I mean that there's so many fucking weapons to throw to, and and Zeke Elliott, he's he's going to take another step back. We talked about it last week uh, or this week. Uh, he's going to take a step back, and he's not going to be the guy. But you know, even even with Zeke Elliott uh, getting worse, that that team that offense is going to fly. Dude, what a decline. I, I apologize. You guys did talk about this. Yeah, but what a decline, Zeke. I mean, it's, it's like a it's kind of like a Le'Veon Bell decline, man. I mean, it's it's off a cliff. What, do you think mean, contributing what if that? I told you it never was Zeke? Yeah. If you look at that offensive line and look at his productivity, those two are married hand in hand. Yeah, well, last year I said I wouldn't take Zeke in the top 10, and you guys ridiculed me for it. But, hey. He didn't perform like a top 10 player, did he? He can't hold on to the ball, which is such a weird thing. Like the amount of fumbles he has, like it, it it's almost got to be mental at this point. Like it's, he's having more fumbles than some entire team. Well, not, you know, entire team position groups. It's pretty crazy. Holy shit, man. I just pulled up the draft for this year. <laughs> Literally all defenders for six picks. That's crazy. I mean, that, that, that is a team doing what they need to do to get back in it. Um, Derek, you've been quiet. What, what do you think about the Cowboys this, this, this year? I'm struggling at that nine and a half. I mean, you know, as Vegas always does, I think it's a really strong line. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to take the under just because I don't, I, I, if there's any kind of injury, I think they fall under. Right. Yep. So uh, I think that they're right on that line. I, I like them probably right at nine wins um, in the, that eight or nine range, like like Brandon said. I mean, if Dak goes down again, they're, they're probably a six or seven win team. I, I personally think if Dak doesn't go down last year, uh, they not only win the division easily, but uh, they they probably end up with either a 500 or winning record. Um, I mean, they got Ben DiNucci backing them up. We've, we've exactly. all seen how good, of a, how good of a guy he is. So It's a me, Ben DiNucci. It's a me, Ben DiNucci. <laughs> Yeah, so it, I, I, I got to assume based on the conversation that I am the only one that's going to be taking the Cowboys to win this division. Is that correct? Yep. Sound, I, sounds like it. I figured yeah. that what would about? be the case. And if you think that I enjoy my position of, of being the only guy that, that likes the Cowboys this year, then you are fucking you wrong. I hate, I hate myself a little bit for it. <laughs> um, what do we think about the Cowboys for fantasy? By I'm not Cowboys get- receivers? 
I'm not going to get fooled by Mac, uh, Michael Gallup again. Man, was that guy a massive disappointment. And it just because Cooper and Lamb got so many targets. Like, Gallup, Gallup was maybe good for a touchdown. He was actually, you know, good in the red zone. But, like, if, if he didn't get – he was kind of a tight end, right? Like, he was just so touchdown dependent. Um, so I will not get fooled by fucking Michael Gallup again. I swear I won't. But I do well, think Blake Jarwin is going to be a nice little uh, mid-round, mid, mid-tier mid uh, tight end that's going to overperform his draft slot. Well, what, what is the break? Did anyone look at the breakdown from Gallup well, with and without Dak? Uh, I had him. He, I mean, it still did. He still didn't do great. He put up a really good week one. Um, and then after that, I mean, he was a bust. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of struggle from the fact that they might have too many mouths to feed. I mean, CeeDee Lamb needs to get his. Um, obviously, Gallup's probably with the fourth option in that offense. Maybe the fifth if you include Zeke out of the backfield. So it's, it's, it's going to be hard for him to get his touches. I like Blake Jarwin a lot. Um, he's one of those guys that's just in a perfect situation. It kind of reminds me of, uh, what's his face, Hooper in Atlanta. It's where the system dictates his his value. Uh, Hooper isn't anything special. I don't think Jarwin's anything special. But where they're at in that offense, they're going to fucking eat. And, and Zeke is going to be a big old... Uh, stick in the butt for anybody drafting in the in the middle in the middle of any of your drafts because he's a guy that you're going to be looking at the likes of Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, and you're going to be like shit. I mean, it's it's going to be a tough call, and you're probably going to end up going with Zeke because we can all agree that Zeke has gotten worse, but the Cowboys' offense is going to be that good. I still think the guy's going to put up a lot of touchdowns. Um, but uh, from a fantasy perspective, C.D. Lamb, I'm telling you folks, he 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 finished shy of 1,000 yards last year. He didn't really get going until a couple games in, and then he lost Dak. Um, nobody can perform well with Andy Dalton. Uh, he is going to be an absolute burner this year. Uh, I, I, I guarantee you he will be a top 10 wide receiver this year. Guaranteed. And here, here's the problem with Zeke is there's not enough running backs in the league that – are the guy. Mm-hmm. There's not enough bell cows in the league. So even yep. if he is not, you know, nothing special and the offensive line isn't doing well, he just doesn't have a lot of competition. He's going to get the goal on carries. He's going to get the bulk of the touches. And what, what happens if, if Mike McCarthy starts playing Tony Pollard, you know, a little bit too much, who's going to be in his ear the next day, Jerry Jones, you know how much we're fucking paying this guy. Seriously. That, that that's the way it is. They they're paying Zeke a lot of money. Jerry Jones is going to demand that he gets a lot of carries as he should like run that guy into the ground and then, and then move on after that contract. But Zeke's going to get his, it, it's going to probably be a really unimpressive year. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes the, the season with, with four yards of carry, just hitting four yards of carry and is still a top six fantasy running back. That's just how good I think Dallas offense will be. So before we move on, I have a question following up on that CD lamb talk. Is he the number one wide receiver there instead of Amari Cooper? In I think fantasy? so. I like, think, I think easily. Yes. Yeah. I think Amari Cooper is still going to get the bulk of the coverage. Um, and I think CD is going to take, he, he's in the one of those situations that we talk about where there's a one a and a one B. And I think being the one B is going to get him a lot of favorable matchups. CD's a freak, man. He's he's such a playmaker. Uh, the guy is so good at getting separation. He's a great route runner already this early in his career. Uh, he's going to have an explosive second year. And he's looking at Justin Jefferson, and he's thinking, man, if I just had my fucking quarterback last year, 
I'm, I'm telling yeah. you that, that that guy that guy's a that guy's an absolute burner and a winner. So one of the comps that I saw for CD Lamb is kind of uh, DeAndre Hopkins because he's just got that like he's going to find a way to get in the end zone a lot. Yep. Um, and yeah, he's got a big body like. Yeah. I'll tell you, as somebody who owned DeAndre Hopkins last year, I'd love to see some of that comp or some of that description. I think he got in the end zone like fucking three times, four times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm talking more DeAndre Hopkins with the Texans, but yeah. yeah. All right, so moving on, uh, let's talk about the Washington football team, who, by the way, just announced that they will be coming out with a new logo, new name in 2022. What? Did you see the finalists? No. I didn't even oh know that's out there. God, what are they? they're awful. Do you know what's interesting? I was talking I was talking to a friend the other day and he's like, you know, I kind of like, like this Washington football team thing's kind of grown on me. Yeah. It's almost got it's almost got like a like a English soccer, you know, Aston Villa football club kind of feel to it. Like, you know, they're just they're just a football team. It's like a satire of itself. It's like making fun of itself. I kind of like it. it. It's it's making fun of this <laughs> I would not put it past uh, what's his tits to after everything all said and done, like they have like a bunch of fan voting and all this shit. And then he brings it back to the Redskins. <laughs> that would be classic Dan Snyder right there. And he's got full control now. He, he bought up all the minority owners, which is. In well, a- isn't he suspended? Isn't his wife running the show right now? Is he suspended? I think he got suspended for something. Can you suspend owners? <laughs> How does that even work? <laughs> I don't. I thought they ruled work. the world and flew to space. I yeah. mean, I just, I just assume that's what you get when you <laughs> run a football team. <laughs> that reminds me. This is kind of off topic, but uh, I saw a headline the other day said Amazon workers to sneak the bathroom while Jeff Bezos is in space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so a a couple of things about the Washington football team. They were the number two defense last year, ridiculously good. Uh, So that's the good of the Washington football team. They only get better on defense and offense um, in terms of of their pickups. However, there is the giant monkey on their back that their quarterback has only had two winning seasons in his entire career, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know why people like this guy so much. He's really not that interesting when you when you when you listen to him in interviews um he did the one thing with the clothing it's like okay cool like that 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 was funny and he's been just good enough the last two years but just last season was uh with the with the with the dolphins was only the second winning season of his career and prior to that was with the jets like eons ago so this guy has also never appeared in a playoff game in his life ever so this is the guy that's going to win this division? Like, I don't know. So you don't you you think he's anointed the starter? You don't think they go do what they did last year and start with a guy that has a higher ceiling? Like they don't think they go Tyler Heineke? I guarantee Taylor. they don't because it, that that's the Fitzpatrick effect. He's just alluring enough that they're going to fall for his shit again, and they're going to realize by game seven that yeah, pr- probably we should go with the. Super athletic, super interesting, outplayed Tom Brady last year in the playoffs. Tyler Heineke. Yeah, I, I I would I would let Heineke get some run there. Um, I, I think, mean, like you said, that's what training camp is for, right? I mean, that's well, the, that's that's why you well, that's why you suit up. I'm not saying Heineke's going to be week one, but I mean, I don't think you can say Fitzpatrick is going to be, you know, like the Chicago Bears, you know, throwing QB one up on uh, their social media anytime soon. Um, you know, so I, I think it's I think it's definitely a two horse race, and 
You know, I mean, they started Haskins for six games and still won the division. That's how good this team is. This is how much above the rest of the division this team is. Um, a lot of bad quarterbacks have went on. Rex Grossman took the NFC to a, a wrote a good defense to a Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying Washington's going to go to the Super Bowl, but I'm saying teams have had lesser quarterbacks um, and done well. So I, I, I just think this team is loaded. Offense is loaded. Defense is loaded. It might be the best team, um, you know, with the worst quarterback. Not the worst quarterback, but, you know, very below average quarterback play. I fucking love the football team. <laughs> I love that that's their name. I, I like them a lot, too, actually. I mean, I, I defense gets it done. Um, it's the best of best defense in the division. Probably one of the best defenses in the league. Top five, if not top three. Exactly. Um, they go out and they get an offensive line in the draft, and and one of the, you know kind of a high end guy in Kasimi or Kasmi or whatever. Um, I like what they what they're doing. I think they're going to try to be physical. They have the best coach in the division. Which when you know there's four teams that are kind of neck and neck, you look at quarterback and you look at coach. Well, they don't have the quarterback, uh, but they do have the best coach. So I really like them a lot. Um, I think they'll be in the mix. I think it's a three-team race for that top spot. It's by far the most competitive division. Um, I, I just I do like them a lot. I think Heineke's the guy, though. It's not Fitzpatrick. So you're not prepared to give the best coach in the division award to Nick Sirianni? Uh, I'm not ready yet, but almost oh like by default, God. he's got to be in the, co- in the, the, the conversation. He's close. Right? He's done a lot in his career to... To, to be up there. <laughs> People in Indy didn't even like Nick Sirianni. Just, just not being McCarthy gets you a good bump, honestly. So just, so, to, j- just to pat your guys' dicks a little bit, um, there, there another interesting thing about the uh, football season, the uh, football, te- football team season last year <laughs> is that Haskins started six games last year. People forget about it. I, I, dude, I completely forgot about it. I was reading about it today, and I'm like, holy fucking shit. Yeah, Haskins started six games. I mean, he lost five. we can all agree Ryan Fitzpatrick's better than Haskins, right? Yeah. Future, yeah. Fu- they future. went one and five. They went one and five to start the year yep. and won the division when they had, you know, I mean, it, it's crazy just how much better this team is than everyone else in the division. Um, and I understand Dak was gone, um, but still, I mean, this team is – like I said, this seems loaded. It's absolutely loaded. Yeah, yeah. They so are. I mean, by DVOA, they were they finished third on defense last year. So I mean, they're when loaded. you say top five defense, yeah, exactly. They're loaded yeah, everywhere Kurt, but yeah, quarterback. Curtis Samuel. Yeah. So. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think that their wide receiver core is actually pretty good. Like Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. Uh, they add uh, Humphreys. They draft Diami Brown, and then I was kind of impressed by Cam Sims in that playoff game. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, against the Bucks, he, he showed out. Logan Thomas is a weapon, man. I Absolutely. mean, you can you, you can line him up as a tight end. You can line him up as an H back. They put him in the backfield. He can take snaps. I mean, this guy he's kind of Taysom Hill in how Taysom Hill should be used as a real tight end, and then you know just put him all over. Like, hey, New Orleans, this is how you use a guy of that talent. Um, I love Logan Thomas too. Um, he's definitely going to be a guy I fall in love with and hopefully have on multiple teams um, in fantasy this year. Yeah, I think he's an emerging stud at the tight end position, especially in fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think what Vegas is seeing with with their win total, I mean, it's one and a half wins. It's not, it's not even that close. Um, and 
if I'm telling you, what Vegas does consistently is they bet on quarterbacks, and I just don't like the quarterback turnover. This they, you have you have uh, one quarterback that I guarantee starts in Fitzpatrick, learning in a brand new system, the 38th system he's learned in his career. Um, yeah, he went to Harvard. He went to Harvard. You're only going to hear it during every broadcast 74 times. He went to Harvard. He's still Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's consistently average. And for some reason, he's been exalted as this guy that he's never been. He, he's, he gained relevance in his in his late 30s. He's it, It's a bizarre career and good for him. He's made his money. He's going to be the reason that the, the Washington football team does not win this division this year. So well, the up. The other reason that I think that that hurts them a little bit is because they did win the division last year, uh, they have to face all the division winners from the other divisions. So by Warren Sharp football, they actually have the fifth hardest schedule in the league. Uh, so I think that brings them back to the pack a little bit as opposed to a team that could have run away the division based on the talent on the team. How have we not talked about Antonio Gibson yet? I mean, he's, I don't say emerging star, but I mean, he is a bona fide NFL starting running back. And I think he will be for a while. Um, I, I, I like Antonio Gibson. Um, I mean, I've been talking about Antonio Gibson for a while now, so I, I don't need to talk about him anymore. Dude, I mean, Newman, Newman's smug voice is like, it's the cringiest thing on earth. But it's fucking worse. <laughs> you know, I'm wearing a But then they go out, they, I mean, they bring in Peyton Barber. Um, McKissick's already on the team. They draft another running back uh, from Buffalo. Hedging their bet in case Gibson misses time again. Um yeah, I mean, I, I think if you remove quarterback from the equation, it's the best roster in the in the division by far. Uh, but unfortunately, that's a really important position, and they just don't have it. You tell me that Tyler Heineke starting week one, I'm I'm not all over the Washington football team. Let, let's be clear. I'm not I, – I love Tyler Heineke. I think he's a really interesting player, right? But – if he is starting week one, then I, I I have to reconsider my stance of the Cowboys at number one. Uh, but let's 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 talk about it. Out of seventeen games this year, Vegas has them at eight wins. So a losing season by their standards. Um, over or under. I got it over at nine and eight. Um, I think I think the Cowboys go eight and nine. I think the Redskins go nine and eight. I think I think that's how close this division is. Um, uh, and, and another thing they're, they're plus 275 to win the division. That's only going to go up because as you guys spoke, money's going to continue to go on the Cowboys. So I'm going to grab them as soon as it hits that plus 300, that's four to one. Um, tell me that's not worth a $25 bet to win a hundred. Um, you know, four to one for the best, the mo- most talented, complete roster to win the division. That's an amazing payout. I definitely agree that it's probably the most interesting team for me to bet on. It, when, when you just look at the odds for, for division favorites, like across the whole league, they might be the sexiest pick to, to just throw some money in for sure. Four to one. Four yeah. to one for a team that can actually win it. Yeah. That won it last year. Yep. I, uh, I like the over two. I like them at nine or ten wins. Um, I think that's what they come in with. So I did a little projection where I went through and rated all their the teams in their schedule and gave them points and stuff for potential wins. I had them at eight point six schedule, but that is friggin' right, 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 right where Vegas has them basically. So I mean, I, I have them taking the over slightly, but they may not win the division with that. Wait, so you had them at eight point six wins? Yeah. So they'll probably they'll probably they may win nine. Um, but they may not win the division. They they won't win eight point six. Yeah, <laughs> sure won't. No, no, they won't. Guaranteed. 
Um, I, I, I have, I have them at the over two. So, you know, as much smack as I've talked about them, I do think they're going to have a winning season. Um, I think they're going to play spoiler to a lot of teams. Um, I, I think the Cowboys are going to win a lot of games though. So I, I, I think, I think they could conceivably make the playoffs. This is such a talented roster. One of the most talented rosters in the league. I'm a little bit surprised that Washington football team is not even mentioned in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. They're not even mentioned. Talk about it. Talk about a guy that would be worth, you know, that would be a hard choice for, for, for the football team. Like if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Washington football team and it only takes picks, it doesn't take a, a, like a marquee player. They automatically become the NFC favorite in my book. It might be the best team in the NFL when that, if that happens straight up. Yeah. Can you imagine Rodgers with, with McLaurin? Oh my God. (laughs) Fucking ridiculous. I, that, I, that, I would love to see it personally. And Curtis Samuel, tell me Curtis Samuel couldn't be his new Randall Cobb. My God, that, that, that would be ridiculous. With Heineke as quarterback, who's better, Devontae Adams or McLaren? With with Heineke, I, yeah. No, what do you mean? Like, so who's the better? Like, who's the better receiver with a bad quarterback, Devontae Adams? Uh, oh, I think Harry. all McLaren. I, I like McLaren's yeah. ver- vertical game. McLaren's always had a bad quarterback, and he's he's always been good. So definitely McLaren. McLaren McLaren's had good games with Haskins at the helm. You know what I'm saying? That that's the ultimate test. Uh, future Steelers great Dwayne Haskins. Um. <laughs> That's your future. Don't 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 keep me up at nine, please. <laughs> so I mean, you guys are kind of confusing me a little bit. So are who is who's taking the Washington football team as the winner of the division? So Brandon, this fucking guy. All right. Anybody else? I, I want to, but I'm not going to pull the trigger on it. Oh, so you're going Giants or Eagles? Wow. Amazing, fascinating. I love it. Fascinating. That's awesome. That I makes the it. next few segments great. Derek? Marcus will love to hear it. You know, we don't we don't have Jalen Hurts's. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so I mean, I've already said I think it's a three team race. I think those three teams are incredibly close. Uh, but you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take my estimate on who wins the division on things going right. I'm gonna be an optimist. So uh, my team has not been named yet. Oh yes. wow! Okay. Yes, let's go. You're taking the Giants, I love it. I love it. So, <laughs> just to save the suspense, let's go to the Eagles because they actually had the same exact amount of projected wins, uh, strangely enough, as the Giants. Oh, actually, no, they fell a little bit. Uh, so they they they've actually fallen according to the Vegas rankings that I'm seeing. But we'll still go to them. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are projected at six and a half wins uh, currently by Vegas. Um, so this team, I mean, they have some interesting parts. Uh, they bring in Anthony Harris. Um, they, they draft, uh, the Heisman winner from last year. Uh, that's at least notable. Um, they, I, I think they actually had a pretty good draft. Uh, they, they bring in, um, really not much else. Uh, this is yeah. going to be a lot of the same team that we saw last year, except for we're going to see what Hertz can do. Um, let's talk about the Eagles. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts. Brandon, I know you got some thoughts about Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's one of those guys, his first year, there's no, there's no tape on him. He comes out, he makes a few flashy plays. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to take much to figure out what this guy does. I mean, um, he gets, he's not in the pocket long enough. He doesn't make, he doesn't progress through his reads. Um, he, you know, and I, I think, I think this, I think this is bar none the worst team in the league. Not only on a talent level, 
Um, but I actually, here's a hot take. I actually think Jalen Hurts is the worst quarterback in this division. I would go with Ryan Fitzpatrick over Jalen Hurts. Um, and if I had to go, if I had to start a quarterback next week, I'm going Fitzmagic over Hurts. If they're on this, if, if Hurts is on Washington? Yep. Interesting. I I like Hurts' upside, but, I mean, you, you win in the NFL in the pocket, period. Yep, exactly. Um, and, it, and I just don't think the supporting cast is good enough. Arthago Whiteside's trash. Jalen Ragor looks like one of the worst early-round picks in, the, in a couple of years. Um, they go out and, and, you know, get a receiver. And, I mean, I worry about his size. And I, and I just don't think in, at this level, I mean, you're not in Alabama anymore. You're not just going to run away from people. Um, he's he doesn't have that you know Deshaun Jackson kind of speed. He's not going to run away from people at this level. So I think it puts a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts. And that defense is fucking old. They're old. They're slow. I mean, they're they're just they're bad. deteriorating at every level. They're bad. Really yep. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Their their linebacking I mean, core is. I mean, did you remember that Ryan Kerrigan was in the league? Did you remember that he was even in the league anymore? Well, he was with Washington last year, actually. Right, but. but like, did you? I mean, I just I forgot Ryan Kerrigan existed as a human being. He was pretty good last that's... year. Um, yeah, he's, he was. He's still pretty good. That that's honestly probably one of their better additions. But uh, mm-hmm. man, what a slap in the face to fucking Washington football team fans! I keep wanting to say the R word. Um, but it's yeah, like Fletcher Fletcher Cox. Like, I mean, it's just yeah. it, it's an aging team. Five years ago, this was a great defense. It's a bunch of has yeah, I mean, why, why not bring in Sherman? Well, he's going to jail first. I know. I know. They, def- they definitely have a – I think their defensive line is still decent, um, but their linebacking core, it, I don't. there's nothing to write home about there, and I think they're still going to be able to be picked on in the secondary. And um, Darius Slay was not the addition they thought it was going to be, was it? No, it was not. He, he like, fell off the table the second he left Detroit. Avante Maddox. He's the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, in general, I think this is a team that – in terms of Jalen Hurts, I think he's going to be a great pickup for fantasy. Like, if you get him as your fantasy quarterback, oh, he's going he's to kill him going, junk time. He's, yeah, he's going to be a stud because they're going to be playing from behind. There's going to be lots of garbage time points. Um, that I think the wide receiving core is interesting. Uh, say what you will about Devontae Smith. He's a great route runner. So And Jalen's, Jalen Hurts and him played together. So they're very familiar with each other. That that should make up for a, a strong pairing. Um, he may just be like a really like high high volume target kind of play. Um, Dallas Goddard is probably going to be your tight end. Uh, I don't know, you know, I mean, I don't know why they're so convinced. So like, their conviction is so much to get rid of Zach Ertz, though. Like that confuses me. Because he's not. Yeah, I think Goddard anymore. all depends on if Ertz stays, right? I think I think Goddard can be good, but if he's if he's going to be splitting with Ertz, that just you know. I just if you look at that team, that's not a team that has the luxury of needing two premier tight ends. It's like they have holes everywhere else. Like you can't give Ertz that money too. So I'm sure you know they take the younger guy, Goddard's their guy. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I think Jalen Hurts is a big fantasy producer in the same way that like this Kyler Murray drives at the end of the game when they're down two touchdowns and they drop seven guys into coverage, eight guys into coverage, and then the linebacker just runs them out of bounds after he rolls out of the pocket 15 yards down the field. Like he's gonna pick you up eight points rushing on the last drive. Well, and let's face it, Zach Ertz is no longer a you know a fantasy dominant player. Uh, he's not even really just a dominant player. Period. They probably should have traded him during the season last year. Got what they could have gotten for him because when it was obvious that they weren't gonna win anything. But yeah, there isn't really a fantasy projection out there that doesn't have Goddard over Ertz. Um, and yeah. Ertz's fantasy or his uh, his trade value is reportedly very very low. 
Um, so he might not even get moved, and if he does get moved, it's going to be for scraps. Uh, Dude, out, out what is Philly. what is their obsession with running backs though? Uh, Miles Sanders, you know Boston Scott. They bring in on Johnson. They draft Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis, and they still have Jordan Howard on the roster. Like that's a that's a lot of guys. I think Miles Sanders gets hurt a lot. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I, I, I mean Jordan Howard. That's five years ago. That'd been an awesome name to have. I mean they brought him. He got cut from Miami, and they brought him in. So I mean no, I, yeah. I don't think he makes the roster. Um, but just. You know, and then, then carry on Johnson. Like you just named like three guys who have I don't think have played a full season in a long time. They're like all yeah. the same guy. Guys that can't stay healthy. Guys that get used to. <laughs> so show you just, a lot you of just hope their injuries line up and you get one good running back out of it. <laughs> but but why draft Kenneth Gainwell again? Like if you're gonna do all this, you know, go p- pick up all these guys in free agency and stuff like that. F- Plus you have Miles Sanders. You have Boston Scott. Like. Because you're a bad like organization. A, I'm just going to yeah, say, remember, we're in, the, we're in the Philadelphia part of this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sounds, like a, sounds like a bad place to invest your resources. Can Miles Sanders be a running back one again? He is falling really far in drafts. His ADP is, is, is really fucking low. Like, it, it's crazy. I did not think I would say this. So... Um, How many know, games does he play? Tell me that, and I'll tell you the answer to your question. Well, I, you know, just... You, you, you draft him before you know that, obviously. Yeah. My, I think that is going to push his ADP down. And then the, the issue with Sanders is he's one of those guys who's so passing game dependent from a PPR standpoint. He might score you 30 one week. He might score you four the next week. Um, those guys, I, I don't like drafting those guys. So, so Drew, you, you brought up an interesting point when you were talking Zeke. Like, it's going to be interesting to fall in love with Zeke based on the where he's going to land. I, I'm not. I'm the one that I'm scared that I'm going to fall in love with Miles Sanders, right? I'm going to see that Miles Sanders slide and I'm going to think I'm going to get a great value. And then by week eight, I'm punching myself in the face for it. Miles cool. Sanders is, is the guy that I'm scared of um, that I'm going to be like, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I got Miles Sanders and I'm going to fucking hate myself for it. You get to that part of the draft where you're like, you got to get a little buzz going and you're like paranoid looking around like you're in like, what was it? Uh, deer hunter. Yeah. You're like looking around like everybody. You're like, does nobody else see Miles Sanders? Yeah, exactly. Is, is, he, is he is he really here? Nobody's here. Yeah. And you look over at Goose, and he's got like a weird look in his eyes. Uh, Goose loves Goose loves Miles Sanders. Uh, Miles Sanders sure is a does. really really talented player on a really terrible team. Uh, you said you may, someone mentioned you know the the Eagles being the worst team in the league. Um, I think they're close. Uh, the, I, Texans are definitely the worst team in the league. There's no doubt about it. They're by yeah, far the worst 100%. team in the league. It's it's it, no doubt about it. Uh, Eagles close second for me, easily close second. I don't know who else. I'd, yeah, I'd put the Jets in the mix there. Um, Lions. I, I'd put the Jets in there, and that's really where I I, I stop. I, I think the Jets are still going to be fucking horrible this year. But uh, yeah, I'd go Texans. Then I'd go Eagles, then I'd go Jets. So you get a guy like Miles Sanders. He's still, you know, under contract. What is this? This is his third year. So um, yeah. he, they still have him. I, was he a first round pick or not? He was not. Okay, so not they still have him pick. for one more year. So potentially, you know, they they're going to be looking to um, possibly preserve him towards the end of the season when it becomes so painfully obvious that he's not, you know, that that they're not going anywhere. Um, it's. It, Miles Sanders' potential is is really limited by how bad the Eagles team is. Yeah, but I think at R, I think he, I think he could still be a solid contributor at RB two. He's going to have big games, just random big games. And 
Hurts, you know, say what you want about the guy. He went off at times last last year. Um, so he is really a, a playmaker. Uh, I could see him benefiting from that and and them developing a good offense around Hurts and, and Miles Sanders being just good enough. With his legs, he's one of those guys that can easily give you a 20-point second half against a prevent defense. Yeah. He could be a great PPR player. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I, he's not going to be an RB one this year. If if anybody thinks he is, I'm telling you, you're wrong. But I think there is a good chance he could still be a very solid RB two. Um, but how many what, games does Joe Flacco play this year? None. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, nah, Jalen Hurts isn't getting through the whole season. Are you kidding me? The guy runs around two seconds in the pocket. He's 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 going to miss a game by something. Um, is that really? But who says too? it's going to be? Who says it's going to be Joe Flacco that takes those snaps? Could be, could be Nick Mullins. But. <laughs> oh, it's Nick Mullins for sure. So it can't, um, it can't be Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, bless his heart, he's only good in the playoffs. You know they're not making the playoffs, uh, but he is elite still, probably. Uh, Devontae Smith, you know, well, let's talk about him from a fancy perspective. Um, does anybody believe, believe in this guy? It seems like nobody does. I think he's actually a decent value where he's going uh, in drafts. Kevin is going to dra- overdraft him when he's the automatic pick because um, <laughs> nobody is drafting. His ADP is at 93. So we're talking, you know, like eighth round, seventh, you know, late seventh round. It's at no least chance. interesting. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't like yeah, him either. Like, but at the end of the seventh. Um, I don't know that I like him there. Yeah. No. He's at least interesting. He's sandwiched between Curtis Samuel and Jarvis Landry. I feel like I'm taking both those guys over Devontae Smith. 100%. That no doubt. Yeah. So Love Jarvis. All right. Well, we've been doing it. Uh, We'll do it again. Six and a half wins over or under with the Eagles. Four wins. Four. I'm going to go under. I think this is where I go. This is where I find my extra Washington wins. Yeah, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the under on on this also. But Warren Sharp has them as having the third easiest schedule uh, in football this year. Doesn't matter when you're the wor- third worst team. Yeah, yeah, and you know they do have the best coach in the league in Nick Sirianni, who's gonna drop some incredible uh, you know plays for Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think it could be an, at least an interesting team to watch, but yeah, I'm taking the under. Uh, this is one of the worst teams in the league. It's gonna they're gonna finish dead last in this division, um, which I weirdly think is a good division. And I know it sounds fucking crazy considering what happened last year, but this is a talented division at the very least, a very talented division. All right, so let's go. The the we're gonna get some surprises here. Uh, only two people on this podcast have announced the division winner so far, that being Drew and Brandon so far with the Cowboys and then the Washington football team. So, naturally, we know what's coming uh, next, but the... I'm so happy. I'm so yeah. happy for you two guys. Yeah, I'm, this is a good moment for you guys. So, New York Giants, it's set, they're predicted at seven wins. Um, what are you guys seeing that we're not or that Vegas isn't? So, I mean... I mean go ahead. ahead. Uh, I think that their defense was actually quietly decent last year. Uh, I think that they should be better, especially, you know, if Saquon Barkley and Danny Dimes can keep them on the field a little bit more, um, that I think will help the defense even more so. Um, In terms of, you know, the rest of the team, it's their their coach I actually kind of like a lot, um, Joe Judge. I think they're going to be good in terms of special teams. 
Um, like I said, I think their defense has improved. And, you know, a healthy Saquon Barkley can make a huge difference. And that's kind of where I'm banking on this. Uh, Danny Dimes should be a little bit better, hopefully, in his third year. Maybe he won't commit as many turnovers. Um, we'll see. Their wide receivers are, you know, there's some talent there. I just don't know that I have a ton of faith in, you know, the coaching staff to get the most out of them. But I have them, you know, right there, right around the nine win mark. So I, I see them kind of basically on par with Washington, um, but they have a little bit easier schedule. So that's kind of kind of where the it, it swung that way. So for me, I I just I'm buying into the upside here. I, I think Danny Dimes make finally takes that step forward, and that's really what this entire feeling is predicated on. Um, I think Danny Dimes, from a pure talent ability standpoint, has the most talent at quarterback position in this division. Um, he's fucking he's got the wheels. I think they move him around a little bit more, get him outside the pocket on the edge of the defense a little bit more. Uh, I like Kennedy Galladay a lot. They bring in uh, kind of an experimental project in uh, John Ross, and maybe he sticks, maybe he doesn't. But worst case scenario, I think they brought in enough help uh, in Galladay and Rudolph that'll give uh, Evan Ingram a little bit more room to operate. And if Saquon doesn't run into those soft tissue issues that sometimes play guys coming off the ACL, I think that this team has the the elements in place and I, I do like the coach as well uh to win the division because i mean this this is a division that notoriously underproduces and and misses their expectations so i, I think there's it's it's kind of wide open at the top so fuck it let's go with the giants derek i love it because and, good, team, and the giants are good for a do they're due for a good year the, the giants can go six and eleven or they can go eleven and six i mean this team is a team that i probably i have the hardest time out of almost any team because you fall in love with some of the names right like like saquon barkley danny dimes kenny galladay adoree jackson jabril peppers um you know leonard williams you go through the you go through their starting roster and they're like oh okay like let's go but for some reason they just haven't been able to put it together um, and I think, unfortunately for for you two, I think they continue not putting it together. Um, I think I have them under. Um, so jumping the jumping the shark a little bit there. Um, but I love their individual pieces. But for some reason, when a team doesn't click, it doesn't just start clicking. Um, you know, for for whatever reason, for coaching change, for injuries, for a number of reasons. Um, I love these team, this team's individual parts, but as a whole, ugh, I think they're bottom half NFL. We'll see. <laughs> I love that people are falling for the Giants again. I really do. It's good, good, yes. Uh, I'm glad there's someone out there that's going to fall for Danny Dimes. It isn't me again this year. Um, Danny Dimes is so fucking interesting. It's this, gonna be me. This is a guy who had a top five speed. He looks so fucking average. Like uh, I, one of my favorite memes is that um, uh, Daniel Jones looks like the guy they hired to play Eli Manning in the movie about Peyton Manning. <laughs> it's so perfect. Oh, by the way, random tangent. But have you guys seen the previews for the uh, for the uh, Kurt, Kurt Warner, Warner movie? It's so bad. Oh. 
Holy oh, shit. So here's the thing is, is it looked bad. And I saw the trailer and I was like, okay, this looks really bad. And then I'm like, how did this get greenlit? And then I realized that Kurt Warner's production company is producing it. And yeah. it all makes sense. Yeah, He's making a fucking trophy for himself. He's like, I, I saw like this whole like Facebook video about it. And it's like, oh, people always thought my story was really good. And I was like, are those people your wife? <laughs> um, and it's, and it's Zach, they got Zach Le- uh, Levy playing him. And I just, I'm like, he's in really good shape. Why does he look so bloated in this <laughs> this still frame? And dude, like he he was really good in uh, uh, Shazam or wh- whatever he was in. But no matter what you put that guy in, he always looks like a B actor. You know, somebody said, and, yeah, somebody yeah, said 100%. in our group, somebody posted in our group, and somebody said this looks like an SNL skit, and I could not fucking agree with that more. It looks so fucking cringy. Um, and I do. And why not get a guy who can actually throw a football? Because <laughs> the passing is bad. Yes. <laughs> but the, the Giants, there's so there's so there's a lot to like. Um, I think they overpaid on Galladay. Uh, they do bring in a lot of interesting talents, but a lot of them are kind of washed up. You know, they bring in Kyle Rudolph, who I think could be a really good presence in the locker room. Um, this is a really hard one for me because you know I've, I've, I took the over on on Washington I took the over on the Cowboys uh, at seven wins it is it is super interesting because a lot of people forget this team almost won the division last year it came down to the final game and they they lost it but they could have fucking won the division they they had their destiny in their hands and they lost it um, so it, it is extremely interesting uh, but um I just Daniel Jones is he gonna be this guy? Like, can he be Josh Allen? Athletically, he could be Josh Allen. He's faster than Josh Allen. Um, he's big, he's strong, he's got a rocket arm, but he can't make the downfield pass. He's the guy that runs eighty yards and then trips at the ten yard line. Like, that's who Daniel Jones is, and I just don't see him becoming anything more than that. And the second that I stop believing in Daniel Jones is when he's going to become great. So count on the Giants winning the division this year. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yep. And I, and I like that they brought in, you know, obviously there could be issues with Saquon getting off to a slow start, soft tissue issues. They bring in Corey Clement and Devontae Booker. They hedge that bet so they're not starting. I can't even remember that guy they started the last two Wayne years. Wayne Ballman? Yeah. Like, come on. I'm, I'm glad they got one and got a real running back to, to back him up. Let's, so let's talk fantasy. Uh, Saquon Barkley, to me, is 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 going to immediately challenge again to be one of the top players in, in all fantasy. Um, with Daniel Jones, you know, that you could really open up this offense, and it could be scary. Uh, Saquon Barkley, talent-wise, I don't think there's really anyone better in the league. Um, so it's going to be such a tough uh, pick at those top three picks, man. Do you take Dalvin? Do you take Christian McCaffrey or do you take Saquon? That's ultimately going to be the three guys that you're juggling back and forth with. And that's going to be a really fucking tough choice. I think it's easy, but that's just me. Who do, who are you taking? Yeah. He's taking uh, Dalvin. Boy, he's taking yeah. Yeah. Dalvin. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, McCaffrey, the issues that he's going to run to those nagging injuries aren't going anywhere because of his frame um, and his usage, quite frankly, Saquon, you know, there's some guys have soft tissue injuries the year after an ACL. Some don't, uh, but I just I just trust Alvin, and I think that he's in a system too that he has a very well defined role. 
They have a way to get them the football on a regular basis. I just, I love everything about Dalvin. They literally reconstructed their entire offensive line to fit Dalvin Cook. If you look, they went out and got, I mean, everyone that they brought in is is a run blocker. So, yeah, it looks good for them, for sure. But, yeah, well, I mean, what, what, a, what a division for tight ends, though. I mean, Evan Ingram and uh, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, Kyle Rudolph is a great tight end, too. Um, you know, I, and then look, look at Logan Thomas, look at Goddard, look at Ertz. We, we were saying Jarwin because of the team is going to feast. I mean, this division is, is hiding some really solid tight ends. If, if you want to talk about fantasy, um, uh, because tight, that tight end market can dry up pretty quickly. Um, but not in this division. Is there any position that ebbs and flows as hard as tight end in no, fantasy football? There isn't. Year to, like, year it seems year. like there, there's some years where everybody has a stud. There's some years where it's like, I mean, next year there's what? There's Kelsey and Kittle and everybody else. Yep. Look at, I mean, look at Andrews last year. This is a guy that, you know, everyone thought was the guy. Everyone drafted Andrews over Darren Waller last year. And, and, and look what happened. Um, it's, it is, it ebbs and flows. The only two consistent things that you can count on is that Travis Kelsey is going to dominate and Kittle is going to be right there with them. I, I, to me, those, those are the only two sure things. In, in, in there's, there's one other tight end sure thing. It's Jared Cook will flirt with you for like two weeks and yep. pretend like he's going to reach his potential he hasn't hit in eight years. Uh, and then he'll just be Jared Cook again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I want to believe in Jared Cook so bad. Why? So because he sh- he should be good. Danny Dimes. Um. So he is uh such an interesting fantasy guy. I I said in our last podcast, if this guy can ever learn to throw down field, he's going to be so fucking dangerous. Um. This is a guy that can conceivably have seven hundred yard rushing years seasons, and you know over four thousand passing yards, and have a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. He's got to learn to pass the ball though. He's not good at it, and he's so bad at turning the ball over. He can't hold on to the fucking football. He fumbles so fucking much. And guys that fumble a lot, you, you look at it, you know, like Dante Culpepper comes to mind. Dante Culpepper got that fumbulitis uh, early in his career. He was so good for a period of time, but those fumbles fucked the Vikings hard, and they, screw over the, they screwed over the Giants so bad last year. Um, fumbles are really hard to kick. So I, the turnovers yeah. were. Yeah, so that's what I was saying with Zeke with with fumbles for him as well. I mean, at, at soon, you know, it just becomes a thing. Like you can't fix it because it just head. it just is. It isn't isn't going away. Yep. Um. The, the most disappointing thing with this entire podcast, and specifically this state, uh, this segment, Drew. How have you not brought up Kelvin Benjamin, um, <laughs> as the wide receiver two for the New York Giants? That's a great point. Then I actually played then. Kind of forgot Kelvin Benjamin. Um, my boy snacking on Popeyes uh, coming up in the world. Um, yeah, what, let's talk about Kelvin Benjamin. Like, what the what the fuck? What a crowded tight end room it already is. You bring in Rudolph with Ingram, and then you got uh, Beefcake Kelvin Benjamin coming in. <laughs> He's going to look big coming into camp, even at a t- at tight end. Um, I don't even know if he, I don't think he even makes a team. I was looking up uh, when I was looking at their roster. They still have him listed at 240. No. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no. He actually did look really good in the little workouts. Like, he didn't even look 240, to be honest. But there's a reason. I mean, sometimes, sometimes, you know, guys just need a, a wake up call. Maybe that was his wake up call. Maybe. But then some guys are already lacy and they don't. They just. <laughs> 
just go away. He definitely. La- is. La- last thing with last thing with fantasy, I want to touch on is I hate I hated Kadarius Tony coming out. I think he got overdrafted. Um, yeah. he, here, um, do you think do you think he can make a splash? Like we're all down on Devonte Smith. Um, do you have Kadarius Tony's ADP, Drew? Um, I mean, I got to imagine it's probably somewhere in the 150s, 175 range. Um, but he, he he's a boomer bust guy. I mean, I, I don't think guys like him, gadget guys, are worth that kind of investment. Um, I know, I know, JC and I, uh, I know Marcus liked like that pick um, and liked him way better than I did. So I'm curious what you guys think of Kadarius well, Tony. So I'll tell you what Fancy thinks. ADP right now he's at 194, and we, you know, you gotta you gotta pump the brakes because ADP is not really accurate right now. Um, the majority of drafts have not taken place. We're not going to see an accurate ADP until probably the second week of August. Um, but as of right now, they're showing his ADP at 194. But even, you know, the, the, his best ranking is 109. That's really bad. I mean, yeah. even at, what would you say, 184? 194 is ADP. So that, in a 12-team league, that's undrafted. Yeah. Yeah, what an I awful mean, pick. What an awful pick then. <clears throat> So for I me, mean, that's not the mark. Like if you're going to take a reach on a guy, that's not the market to do it in. No. <laughs> like yeah. why? Like back, you know, page six is going to be lighting this dude up day one. So, I mean, I, I didn't like the pick to begin with. I think that for one, he's kind of like a made by the system that he was in kind of guy. He's had injury problems in the past. He's had discipline problems in the past. Um, but just in terms of the talent, like, sure, he's a talented player. I don't have any confidence that Jason Garrett will know how to use him properly. Find someone and that loves—he's—he's he's the offense coordinator. Find so. someone that loves shitting on Florida players like Newman. <laughs> the most predictable. I didn't. Thing I didn't right like. Now. I didn't want to bring it up, but as soon as he started unloading, I'm like, he went to Florida. He yeah. went. Obviously, yeah. yeah. We we know I don't like him. Yep. I said I said nothing to do with about the fact that it's he went funny to Florida. because the oh, cut- it's but the thing is every word is steeped in it. <laughs> That's not true. I've liked some guys out of Florida. It's funny too, because because Newman will talk up any Bucks, almost any Bucks draft pick. But the Kyle the the Kyle Trask draft pick for the Bucks, it was the ultimate intersection of of where Homer and Homer hits home because his his FSU Homerness could not come to terms with his Bucks Homerness, and he hated the Kyle Trask draft pick. I did too, by the way. I think Kyle that's, that's not always back. true. I don't always like it when they draft so many running backs because Jason Light has a fascination with that. It's true. But if it was a Florida running back, you'd especially hate it. Uh-huh. Definitely. <laughs> Let's go, football team. Let's go, football team. How's the Giants defense going to look this year? It's pretty good. I, I, think. I think average. Average. I like them um, probably in that like 8 to 10 range. James Bradbury's actually really kind of underrated I, as a, as a like DB. A so, and I yeah. think Jabril Peppers has settled into a role. They're starting to let him roam around a little bit more, kind of kind of roam around the box a little bit more. Um, and I, I think that's the right move for him. Well, let's get the yeah. number. Derek and Newman, you both picked them as the winners. Um, uh, what 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 wins do you think they're going to get? I like them at a ten win, and they ten wins, and they get in on the tiebreaker. That's interesting. That, that, I mean, that sounds fine to me. I have them projected at 9.3 based on the little math that I did. Um, so, you know, 10, Nerd. 10 wins seems reasonable. Nerd. Brandon, <laughs> over under seven wins. Under, under. I think they're at six. I think it's a really good line. Um, like I said, I think they go six and 11. 
I think they'll I think they'll hit seven wins. Um, I, I'm, it's a, it's a good one. I'm, I'm, I'm weirdly tempted to go the over on them because I, I, I do. They have great upside, but Dan, I just uh, this is the one year I don't believe in Dane Dines. It's the year he's going to blow up. Well, this uh, is Saquon Barkley's revenge tour, so it is Saquon Barkley's revenge tour. And as 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 much as I've fallen out of love with with Danny Dimes, um, I'm will always be in love with with uh, Saquads. All right, anybody yeah. anybody else? Any comments on the NFC East? No, it's more than I care to ever talk about the NFC East. <laughs> all right, baby. If they all went, if they all went zero seventeen, I'd be cool with that. So, the uh, pretty split, pretty pretty split room here. Uh, Brandon took Washington. I thought everyone was going to take Washington. That's pretty interesting. I'm the only one that took the Cowboys. I hate myself a little bit for it. Probably won't sleep tonight. Uh, Derek and Newman both take uh, the Giants. Which, dude, the Giants are going to be darling pick. Always. A lot of people really like Joe Judge. I'm kind of on the fence about the guy. It is weird what special teams coaches can do in this league. Uh, look, see John Harbaugh. All right. So let's that's the best example. Let's go ahead and cl- <laughs> let's go ahead and close this thing out uh, from all of us here at the Sports Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Goodbye. <laughs>